0: Clap away. Clap, clap, clap. clap. All right. Welcome to episode two of Sportslandia, brought to you by the Next Professional Athlete Network. Brian Slike, Ray Bradley here, bringing in a, another weekly episode of the sports talk around the U.S. Right now, indeed. Uh, some very interesting stories so happened this week. Uh, last week we kind of focused mainly on baseball at the beginning and then pushed more towards uh, football. But yes, yeah. too much exciting stuff happened at least in the Portland area in the NBA scene. Damian Lillard getting traded this past week to the Milwaukee Bucks. I think. Thank you. Uh, Everybody was sort of shocked about that. I think the last few, maybe like 10 days or so, there were rumors of certain teams that were involved. I heard the Bulls at one point. I heard the Raptors were you, leading. You didn't
1: really hear the Bucks, though. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't even like it felt like a dark horse potential. It just
0: it just happened. It just sort of happened. Yeah. I, I think so much uh, was put on Miami being the trade destination because that's what Dame wanted. Yes. Um, which I have another situation I want to talk about with that and, and we'll go back to that in a minute but sure. the trade with Milwaukee I think stellar move for them I think you you bring in a, a high volume score you now have somebody like Giannis who can attack you in the paint you've got Lillard for three and then you got Chris Middleton as your as your mid-range yeah threat the, the,
1: the two of them the two top players there it feels like they just complement each other so well they do what the other doesn't like yeah, like you said, offensive threat from the perimeter with Dame and defensive threat from the interior with Giannis. It's like, Man. that's kind of what you want. If you're making a little NBA jam team with just two right. guys, it's like those guys check all the boxes individually. Like So uh,
0: yeah, I, I like it for them a lot. Yeah, the the only, you could say, downside is losing that defensive ability from Drew Holiday and how big of an impact he made for that it's, team. The, the defensive uh, aspect on the perimeter.
1: I mean, yeah. Even the playmaking that he did within the finals, that alley-oop, the famous alley-oop oh, on yeah. that run, like that I think is going to be where the bones of this trade kind of comes down to, whether or not it works out for them, because you're, you're getting Dame, you're getting that huge offensive talent, but yeah, the trade-off and losing Drew and all that kind of team chemistry they built up with that team. that's It's going to be interesting to see how they do that, but I, I am just kind of glad that it was another small market that he went to. Right, like part of me kind of loves that as a small market team here that we could send him to another one and keep it kind of rolling. You know, he didn't go to a New York or a Miami or certainly not LA. So yeah, a little excited by that. And yeah, pretty great return by the Blazers too to not take this little hero with a couple yeah, bad first trade from Miami and wait it out.
0: I think they would have been. For lack of a better phrase, they would have just been shit on had they just taken a deal to take a deal with Miami because yeah. there really wasn't a whole bunch of return coming back. Miami no. doesn't have the picks, and, and they not certainly the right didn't.
1: Positions or timeline. Yeah, you want another guard on this team? We've plenty of guards. Now,
0: the the main reason why this trade was a, a bit different was because there were three teams involved, so you were able to get certain Club picks Boy. from from other areas. So yeah. like. The return that Portland got, they got DeAndre Ayton. They obviously got Drew Holiday, like we mentioned. Yeah, do you want
1: to pull up the full details of the trade? Yeah, sure. It was was the Blazers, the Bucks, and the Suns. And, yeah, the big details, Dame goes to the Bucks. We get Drew Holiday as well as a couple picks. The Suns aspect of it to me is the most bizarre. Yeah. They basically just do not want DeAndre Ayton on their team or their books. And... Thought that the depth of Yusuf Nurkic would help them in the playoffs.
0: I think that was more just the Blazers are like, that's fine. You can we'll we'll trade you a big for a big. Here here are the trade details of it all. The Bucks receive Damian Lillard. That's all they get, which I think that's great. Funny. Great for them. Yes. Uh, Blazers receive Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton from the Suns, Tumani Kamara, uh, the Bucks' 29 first-round pick, which is unprotected, and then they swap mm. rights on the Bucks' 28 and. 2030 picks with Mm. the Blazers
1: those are all far out enough too that it does kind of become interesting especially with Giannis almost feeling like he's year to year at this point yeah but you bring in the
0: you bring in Dame though and he said hey you need to surround me with some more people uh now yeah that's 29 I mean 28 29 and 30 so like yeah that's still five years away until the first pick that you would get back yeah so like you so say you have a bad year somebody gets hurt like you can s- have a young guy that comes in for milwaukee that also compliment dame Giannis and, and middleton yep. i mean middleton's no young buck either so like you're you're He's an old buck someone exactly one of the last um the last part of the trade with the Suns, they got Yusuf nurkic grayson allen who i think <laughs> you know that's just somebody they threw in nasir little and then keon johnson um,
1: I don't get it for the Suns. I really don't. I don't know what they're seeing in Nurk. Maybe they were watching tape from 5 years ago. I I it's tough for me to think that especially for a team like them that is all in and wants to win the championship uh in the playoffs. This like I don't know you're if, lucky gotta, if he's not fouling out, he's struggling to score. I, I don't know.
0: I was going to say for the Suns it just doesn't seem like you got enough complimentary pieces for the stars that you have there.
1: Like, you know, I know they wanted to improve their depth, and I guess technically they may have, just because their depth was so horrific last year, but I don't actually, I don't think that their depth is at a championship n-
0: level. No, I i mean, you lose the, the defensive ability of DeAndre Ayton, his physicality, his rebounding ability, like, yeah. that's not necessarily what Nurk does. No. Um i mean i know i played with him in 2k which obviously is a lot different in real life but man he can't make a bucket in 2k and he can't rip down a rebound
1: no and to be fair ayton is insane in 2k so the the 2k comparison is doubly tough
0: well see the thing is i've never played with ayton <laughs> on 2k so I, I don't even know all I've that i've only it's played just... against him and he is a monster
1: but yeah uh, in real life maybe it's a bit closer i think they just wanted a change there it seemed like mentality wise you know maybe booker i know chris paul them weren't exactly excited all the time by all the effort that Aiton put out there, so maybe they just figured, change of scenery, new guy coming in, big tall guy who plays against Jokic a lot, maybe he'll be able to help us. I don't necessarily see it, and as a Blazers fan, the only way we were ever going to trade Lillard is if we could dump the Nurkic contract, so it's a bit of a win-win for us, and we actually get a young guy who has that much potential, like Aiton. Mm-hmm. Whose deal it just got paid, it's a little high, but I mean, compared to the deals where they're gonna get in the next couple of years. I was yeah, I was gonna say, okay. yeah.
0: I think you're okay with taking the Ayton deal, uh it's or just at a least. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean for what you just paid Nurkic, I think you're okay with paying yes. Ayton for what he's going to be giving you in the future. Uh, now there is a part two to this trade. There is the Drew Holiday. The aspects. Drew Holiday aspect, since he was traded from the Bucks. To the Blazers, I think it's not like it was a secret. I think everybody knew they were going to move on from Drew Holiday. Immediately the reports
1: came out, like, this is going to be flipped to a contender. A lot of names came up. My The most hilarious version was The Heat. and Oh, is really? The Heat? Basically same Heat trade, even enough to get Drew Holiday. And I mean, as it turns out, it doesn't really seem like it was. But yeah, yeah. there's a couple suitors out there, mostly Eastern contenders. Philly would have been interesting.
0: But where did that end up going? They ended up going to Boston, which I know is your squad. And I immediately texted you because there were two guys on that team that I know you actually like. And the fact they were traded to Portland, great. You might be able to see them in person, but it takes away from the team that is true to your heart. Uh, Drew Holiday gets sent to the Celtics. The Trailblazers take on Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams III. That's the one. Yeah, Robert Williams III. And then they get a 24 first-round pick. Now that's actually the Warriors' first-round pick. yeah. Um, so that's the earliest pick that they got out of both of these trades is that 24. And then they have a 2029 20, first round pick that I believe was unprotected for yeah, the Celtics. I believe. So you've got potentially three first round picks in 2029. 20, or no, actually, no, because they swapped the 29 ones with the Bucks. Yeah. So you've got two picks. In 2029, 20, you've got the 28 first-round pick from the Bucks that's unprotected, and then you're swapping 30s. So y- you those, really those got... Those teams are going
1: to be at that time in their timeline. That It could really be a nice pick by that point. It's hard yeah. to tell. Yeah.
0: So, like, for for Portland, I mean, you really did get some depth back. You've oh got gosh. some bigger body. I, a fantastic trade all the way around for the the two parts to this trade, I thought yeah, worked whole, out
1: well for Portland. It it really did. The entire haul of all these picks, as well as some sort of young shots you can take at center, like the the difference between our center situation last year, the Blazers, this is, and this year is like just night and day going from having Nurk and not, but not really because he was sort of injured. So basically it was like Drew Banks was the center. Mm-hmm. We did a good job filling in, but it's definitely more of kind of a backup role. Yeah. First or second big off the bench. He ended up playing, starting, like, 30 games for us, I think, last year. Injuries played a factor, too, yeah. It did. But they also kind of refused to sign another center, which is a whole other thing. But now, to have DeAndre Ayton and Robert Williams, Time Lord, on the same team, like, you... And now they can basically just hope one of those works out. Yeah. And you keep one, and you flip the other, and they're both young enough that you can still flip them for some kind of decent return. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I say, love it for the Blazers. I
0: say there's a contender next year and your team's not doing so well and they they need a big. Like you've got the options to flip one of them like you just said yeah. to to possibly get a quick turnaround on whether it's more picks or even just a younger player to complement cuz think about it, you still've got Anthony Simmons. Yeah. Excuse me, Anthony Simmons. Simons. 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 Yes. Sorry. I'm thinking <laughs> of uh Goodness. everybody else from my college. That I went to is Simon Simmons. Um <laughs> Yeah, he,
1: he, he is also very movable with that contract and the other guards that they have that are a little younger. It's it's interesting. And, I mean, with Aiden and Rob, like you said, you can flip them to teams who want young talent. You can flip them to teams that are ready to go. The, yeah. Both of those guys played minutes in the finals the last couple of years, mm-hmm. so they're, they're also ready to go in that sense. So it's very interesting, and I like watching both guys. I'm glad Time Lord is still in my life to some extent. <laughs> From the Celtic side, it makes some sense as high as the potential and ceiling for his defense and the team defense when he's out there you know it's the old the best ability is availability he's struggled staying on the court so for them to get more of a sure thing with drew holiday who i've always loved as a player and obviously with marcus moving on they needed another kind of defensive stalwart to guard for those perimeter guys uh it makes a lot of sense for them i'm more worried just about the Kristaps portion of the Celtics roster mm, mm-hmm. as far as oh we got rid of the center that has injury issues who's our center now? oh the he's guy the guy who has more injury yeah. okay. so I'm a little worried about that Al's playing a lot of minutes at his age so yeah, those are kind there. of concerning but honestly having Drew on this team is kind of a complete game changer and it immediately makes this Milwaukee-Boston matchup like way more interesting maybe the most interesting matchup in the whole league coming this year just because it's like the Bucks could come in and be like, we got Dame, we're good, we're set. And then they go into Boston and Drew Holliday's on them. The guy who walked him up in that uh, Pelicans-Blazers yep. series back in the day that was a sweep, It's it kind of could immediately backfire on the Bucs in a certain way. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see how that goes. I like it for the Celtics. It just hurts a little.
0: It's funny. It always happens to the one guy who says, I want to stay here the rest of my career. And then a couple days later he got yeah. traded yeah. In, in that Dame deal. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the losers of this trade, mainly just sore losers. It's, <laughs> it's Miami. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Butler almost immediately came out with an Instagram story saying that he wanted the Bucks to be looked into for tampering. Um, has to be satirical. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would assume so, because I mean, everybody sort of, there's always tampering in it the is, NBA anyways.
1: There's literally like a legal tampering period. Is, is there not? Like, there There I'm is.
0: Sure. There is a thing that's uh, illegal tampering. I mean, that's in almost every sport, but at the same time, all these guys talk about each other Non stop, yeah. and like they're friends with each other off the court, too. You, you wouldn't and, be able
1: to have an all star game with if we were actually going to crack down on that kind of stuff. Exactly. Like, you would be mean, able to go to the Olympics, all this stuff.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make any this sense. Is where the next
1: teams are formed. A,
0: I <laughs> mean, we, we briefly talked about it, but Miami, as much as they wanted to complete this trade, they were what Portland was yeah, asking for, AMO. Miami was never going to give them.
1: And as much as they, maybe more so, they're Fans online talked about what Hero was worth. The only version of the that kind of trade that would have worked with the Blazers is if they'd gotten a third team like what the Suns ended up doing. Yeah, but to, it sounded like they... take they'd... Hero and give the Blazers stuff they actually want. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that was ever... Maybe they never looked for it. Maybe it never materialized.
0: From what I heard, they never really gave it the opportunity.
1: They seemed very confident that, that, that Dame said he'd want to go there and that we gave you a deal and you're going to take it. Yeah. And the Blazers were smart to wait and not and to find something better, and they've got a haul now. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting team to watch.
0: Now, one of the things that uh, I heard, and it goes back to Joe Cronin, the GM for the Blazers. Yeah. Dame was actually thinking about rescinding his his trade request okay. if something couldn't get made with Miami. And he said he would stick around in Portland. But Cronin said the damage is already done. We're going to ship you no matter what. And I, yes. I feel like that really could have irked people the wrong way because it, Dame is... It irked be- me the wrong way. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dame is beloved here. Hey, now, here's the thing. I, I, too, saw this quote and...
1: It kind of spiraled me for a whole day in my Blazers group chat. I kind of I, had to I work through. Now, what it seems like that quote was actually getting across was not, oh, I'm not going to get traded to Miami. All right, I'll come back. It sounds like it was, I will come back for as long as it takes to get the Miami deal done. Okay. That was the full context of what I've seen kind of reported was this was not. All right. Actually, I'm not gonna be asked for a trade. This isn't Kobe with the Lakers. I'll come back. I didn't it, necessarily think it was that. So, so, so yeah, it's to me. If that was it, and Cronin was like, "No, we're good," that I I went on a bit of a spiral on Saturday because I thought that's what had happened. It seems like he was he was still set on being traded, but he was more allowable to maybe come in and play for the first 20 games or something. Yeah, whatever. Until you could get weird, the deal done. Wait till the deadline and then trade him. So. I've I've calmed down a little bit on that front because yeah I was I was leading the charge as far as wait so we didn't have to trade him because that if we don't have to do it I don't want to do it yeah that was kind of the whole thing
0: but it to me it sounded more like the bridge was, was burned and Cronin didn't want to keep a guy around that didn't necessarily feel like he wanted to be around I think had Dame stuck around his teammates would have accepted him for the most part yes you would you would think or hope I mean for that, sure obviously the fans would have loved to have kept him around even if it was for half a season a quarter of a season whatever it was until it got the the deal done but um you know it just sounded it it was not good optics
1: would have been very awkward to i mean media days today as we're recording this uh that whole it just i think we're in a better it's it's sad that it is over and that Mm -hmm. it's done but it does seem like it was going to happen one way or the other at this point so they
0: got a pretty good haul all right, well, that's enough NBA talk right now during the offseason. We, we thought
1: we were going to be milking this for, like, months. We on, on our last episode, we were like, you know, the name trade we'll be talking
0: about? And then immediately, it already happened. It, it, it happened too <laughs> fast. It was it way too quick. I mean, it just happened, boom, yeah. like that. I mean, I don't think anybody was ex- – again, nobody was expecting Milwaukee, but no. nobody was expecting the trade to be that quick. I kind of think we all thought that it was – Sort of dead at the moment.
1: Yeah, it seemed like it was going to drag on, but it's it's good we're able to move forward. But yeah, that is kind of the big talk of the NBA today. So, we may. We'll, we'll get back to them at some point once they start heating up and get ready for their seasons. But you wanted to kind of talk a little bit about uh where the baseball things? Yeah. Right, so the those wild card races. The, the wild
0: card races have been finalized. The last day of the regular season was yesterday, October first. Mm. As we record on October second. Mm. Two collapses on teams. One of them I was personally cheering for. The other one wow. was just sort of the team in the area that you would root for. Cubs choked away their, their wild card lead down the stretch. Yeah, you were talking um, about this It was pretty evident that slide. it was, yeah, was going to not end up so well when we were <laughs> recording the last episode. Uh, and man did it. Not end well for the Cubs. Uh, oh they slipped just out of contention. In fact, um, they slid into fifth place into the wild card rankings at one point. They were a game and a half back. I mean, things just fell off. They were playing Atlanta. Uh, they had leads in games. At one point, they were up 6-0 against the Atlanta Braves, and they lost 7-6 in extra innings. Like A right fielder dropped a fly ball that was routine. It like, would have ended the inning in the eighth. Instead, two runs come in and score. It was just... It looked like the Cubs of the 90s Uh, or like the early mid 2000s after the 03 04 run, where it's just like it, it was bad baseball.
1: Is, now is there is there a scapegoat for this? No, situation? there's or a fall guy or what's what's I, the reasoning here? A lot of
0: people want to blame David Ross and the lineups that he was sending out there because sometimes it, it yeah. wasn't necessarily the best players out there playing. But when you're in a slump, sometimes you just want to see different things. Like sure. Mastroboni is a guy that is played in many minor league seasons, and this year he mm. was brought up for the Cubs just because we needed bodies. Now he played well at times. Okay. Um, But then it started to become lefty-righty matchups and things like this, and it seemed like maybe David Ross was getting too cute with some of the lineups. Um, Do
1: you think he'll be back? Was it that bad?
0: I think he'll be back mainly because nobody expected much from this team to begin with at the beginning of the season. And then, I mean, everybody thought they were going to be sellers until they went on this win streak right before the trade deadline. Mm. And then it became, well, maybe we're buyers. Yeah, And...
1: Kind of trick yourself into going for it.
0: Then... Yeah, so, like, you could have flipped Cody Bellinger for something because he was on a one-year deal and he was mm. raking at the time and he sort of cooled off to near the end of the season. But, mm. um, you know, they fell off. And then the worst part is the, the Mariners are just trying to go back to the playoffs. And uh. they, too, they ran into the Houston Astros, who were fighting for a wild-card spot, too, right. since they were all behind the the Texas Rangers. But the Mariners just they couldn't get it done. They were down to the final day Damn of the man. season. Um, and the stat that I saw that came up was dating back to 2014, the Seattle Mariners have been eliminated on either one of 161 or 162. That's game 161 or 162. Oh. A whopping four times since 2014. Only eight teams have Don't experienced lie. it. At all. And only one other team yeah. has had it twice since 2014 oh, to be eliminated on the second to last day just or the last day. I and and uh, it, it was an emotional day. Like Luis Castillo couldn't get in the strike zone. He walked so many guys. He brought in five runs in his last outing. And, and so the playoffs just sort of slipped away from them. And, um, you know, the Twins ended up that getting that final. Wild Card spot along with the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay. Um and, and so like th- there's some interesting matchups that'll that'll be in that first round. You're going to get a matchup that you saw plenty of at least on the NL side. You're going to get the Marlins and the Phillies. I mean, those are division opponents, so they've seen each other a lot, so that actually could be a quite entertaining series mm-hmm. between those two. Arizona is a young team that I don't think many okay. people thought were going to make as much of a playoff push this year yeah. as they have. Corbin Carroll is Easily the uh, rookie of the year. I mean, he's got 20-plus home runs, 50 stolen bases. Um, He's a speed demon. like Local hero around here, by the way, Hillsborough Hops, Corbin Carroll. Um, uh, So they're playing the Milwaukee Brewers. And the one thing you could say about the Brewers is just they were in a bad division, so like somebody sort of had to win. It's okay. not like they necessarily ran away with the division. At one point, the Cubs were only a game back, and that was probably two or three weeks ago. So, um, you know, they're, they're just a down. They're in the playoffs, but they're not the best, really, team sure, that could have made the, the playoffs. Exactly. The S- somebody has to win the division and get in. Meanwhile, you no, got <laughs> the Braves and the Dodgers. Two great teams. I think that's yes. going to end up being your NLCS. I would love yeah. to see the Braves uh, kind of make that push again. They're just fun. I mean, they're yeah. five, six different guys that have 25-plus home runs on the year. Um, wow. and, and then on the AL side of things, Blue Jays, Twins, that that has a, a less stellar matchup, not as many big names necessarily. Um, Rays and Rangers, that yeah. could be an interesting matchup as well. Um, but, yeah, I – overall just it's the start of the mlb postseason yeah uh, a lot of interesting aspects some newer teams in there like i'd love to see arizona try to make a splash um if they were to win they would take on the dodgers so um and then the oh, other wow. side the other side is all just like the nl east division it's miami versus the phillies and then the winner would take on the atlanta Braves. so it's just <laughs> all the nl east over there oh wow um but very fun. I, I, we've got some good matchups, some less intriguing matchups overall, but like my eyes are going to be peeled on the Blue Jays. They're a secondary team for me. Um, I like to see what Vladdy does. They've got they've got like all the sons on that team. Oh? Biggio's son, Guerrero's son, Bichette's son, they're all on that team. So wow. um, I think Kevin, Kevin Biggio has been uh, up and down with that team, but he's still a top prospect and will probably be on the postseason roster. But, yeah, it, it's – Anybody that we might have grown up with in those like late '90s seasons, yeah, yeah. their sons now, now okay. on the Blue Jays. Wow. So, that's um, yeah, that's that's kind of the exciting aspect of it. Uh, obviously, the Orioles having won 100 games the first time in Whoa. like 40 years. Holy cow! Um, so I, I know them as bottom feeders i
1: didn't want to say it <laughs> but that is that is the impression I've now, now that i've said that now now that the ownership
0: of the Orioles is going to have me canceled much yeah, like their well, broadcaster you know, did that one time well, yeah
1: they, you got to be really careful they don't they're rough with their play-by-play guys oh
0: yeah for speaking the truth yeah um
1: <laughs> but yeah no I,
0: I i like the orioles would just be an exciting team to watch because i think you should just tune in to get the atmosphere back inside of Camden Yards and what that's all about, having sellout crowds for the Orioles again, back in the playoffs, wow. not as a wild card team. That,
1: that sentence has not been said in those sequences right. for a long time. Very, I'm sure.
0: very, very long time. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just it should be exciting, less chalk okay. than I think in previous years. I think you could just always pencil in the Dodgers and sure. and uh, yeah,
1: yeah. The, I mean, there's no big. Red Sox, Cub, Yankee. Yeah, no, nothing like that. organizations don't Obviously, everybody like hates detonated.
0: Houston. They, yeah, they're in the playoffs technically. They're the they're the two seed, um, but they're very hateable. I don't think anybody really wants to see them no. succeed, especially after their past transgressions and yeah. all that.
1: It'll be interesting to watch. I'm, I'm very much a casual and learning about it this time. So, who who would you? I know you said who you thought maybe one of your. I'm going to probably say all this stuff wrong. One of your conference championship choices. Who do you think is going to be in the World Series? What would be your choice?
0: My choice would be Braves and Orioles. Okay. Now that is chalk in a sense because it's both one and one. But I think that also adds the most exciting matchup between these two. Now half the country is not really going to be involved. It's Baltimore and Atlanta so it's very East Coast centric. But having Atlanta in on the NL side I think would be the most exciting. Mm. Um for the AL, I mean, Baltimore would be great. Rays would always be good, too. I mean, that's another franchise that's still looking for its first World Series title. Yeah, so any of those I'm here to root for. So yeah. We'll see if um, they can get it done this time around. I mean, Milwaukee's yeah. technically never won a World Series. They've been to one World Series, and that was back when they were in the AL. So that tells you how long ago it was because they're in the NL. Maybe they'll get uh, that Dame bump. Maybe, yeah, maybe. you'll get that Milwaukee Dame bump we'll when see. people start showing up. <laughs> All right, enough baseball talk. We had some uh, pretty interesting games oh this weekend in the NFL world, uh, including we knew about the slime game with Nickelodeon. How could you forget? Yeah, of course, the the MVP, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Nickelodeon valuable player. But this week they did something very different um, because very different. because the Nickelodeon one you still had. Everybody on the field, they yeah. just put in CGI characters around sure. and everything. This time, they took it to Andy's bedroom, Toy Story style. Yeah, for
1: the London game, bright and early on Disney Plus, and which ESPN Plus.
0: I don't think it was necessarily a bad thing. Younger kids are getting up earlier, so sure. like if you're gonna do it for any game, you'd want to do it probably for that early game. Yeah. Um. Now you watched it from the very beginning, but everybody was in was animated. Out. Um.
1: It was it was a fascinating. Th- Thing to see them even attempt to have a a live football game going on that you're basically like kind of live maybe with a bit of a delay kind of live animating all of those players mm-hmm. as their Toy Story toy versions of these little football guys running around yeah the a little floor mat on Andy's bedroom yeah. from the movies <laughs> and it was fascinating to watch so I had to I tried to get up as early as I could and watch as much as I could um, and it's you know. It, It's different. I mean, I, as a gamer, can see all of the jank all of the time, and as a broadcast person, so there was certainly a lot of that. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's kind of to be expected. The thing that I think they struggled with was, like, the in-between play stuff, as far as... It was a lot of
0: the characters just sort of standing around by the line of scrimmage, and... It's a lot of, yeah, like, there's, like, 25 people kind of, like,
1: uh, doing a little huddle there, so... Sometimes they would, it seemed like, lose some kind of reference point and all the players would just, like, kind of disappear. Yeah. And then they'd have to cut to a wide shot and it'd just be, like, the field there. And then halfway through the play, they'd kind of appear again. There was, there was one moment where, and I I assu- I later watched the highlight of a Bijan one-handed catch on a check down. <laughs> yeah. And in the Toy Story version, the ball didn't really work when it snapped. And so the whole play, the ball was actually where he caught it. And then once everybody else caught up to him, then he caught the ball and like started running with it. But for the most part, it was fascinating to watch the the one play I, I did see live that worked pretty well. Not for the Falcons so much was the Desmond Ritter pick six, oh, yeah, which has kind of been making around on social media. But that it it actually did like match up pretty well.
0: Yeah, we were just as watching as... A, a clip of that before we started, yeah. and it seemed pretty accurate. I think. You know, there were some hiccups early on and how to get things going. From what I heard, there was a point where, like, the plays were happening, but they weren't happening on screen yet. So it was just like a generic wide shot at times until they got everything to sync up. Uh, Did you have a favorite part of watching the game that way? Like, Uh... for, for me, two things that stood out that I thought were unique, but mainly because it's the Toy Story thing. yes the claw being the ball spotter that was was entertaining and then uh the other one was slinky dog being your first down marker that was that
1: was the best because it was just
0: like at one point i I watched a video of it on on twitter x whatever you want to call it yeah the penalty (laughs) and then you see slinky dog just backing his little booty up and stretching himself out as the first down marker actually Um, genius um that was a great use of slinky dog yeah um going back to what some of the things you said like sort of awkward in between plays sometimes they would have a nice play and um they would flash to a different part of andy's room and it was like the electronic keyboard thing and it just said like great play and it did like a little dance like i thought that would be entertaining uh for the kids in that aspect because that way they're not just watching something random on the screen like that's more relatable to what they're used to. There,
1: there was definitely some aspects of those. they would. Some of my favorites were they would throw out to a full-screen graphic of, like, Zerg. And, <laughs> nice. like, Zerg is from the planet Bleplorp, and he is the dad of Buzz Lightyear. Spoilers, or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen like So, yeah. yeah, they had a couple of those. They. I watched them. Every time they would kick a field goal, it was, like, a bunch of little letter blocks.
0: Oh, nice, okay. And they,
1: when they made it, they would, like, all fall over. And then they would, exp- they, at one point they explained, like, what a field goal was, so there was some, like... Helping kind of out the little kids, really... entertainment kind of stuff. Edutainment, I Get like that. Get the kids into the sport a little bit more if they want, which is what they're trying to do with all this stuff of, like, mm-hmm. you know, especially as more generations go on, they're kind of more, maybe quicker attention span, more used to all these kind of graphics and different things, so... Just a regular football game might
0: not do it.
1: Put some slime. You put some Zern, you yeah. put Yeah. Slinky dogs. I mean, you think about it. You, you get like
0: one play every forty five seconds, basically. Yes. Um, yeah.
1: So it was it was fascinating. It seemed like it. It actually probably worked better than I thought it would have. To say yeah. The truth. Like uh, especially the in game stuff. Actually, yeah. seemed to work pretty well.
0: I did enjoy the little, when they were like breakaway speed, you'd get a little flame thing sort of (laughs) behind them. Um, It's like, oh, this guy's moving pretty fast out there, I guess. Uh, Like The tiny little entertainment things, I think, worked well for people who are our age. um, And I bet you with parents as well, uh, you know, trying to have the younger kids involved with it. I know uh, like Big Cat uh, on part of my take, he's like, Mm -hmm. I'm purposely waking up early to watch this with my kids. This will be the first time they're actively watching football with their dad so he was yeah. excited about just getting his kids involved in with it and 100%. i think that's a good jump for the nfl now i don't want to be seeing this like every single week or anything like that but it's a good starting point when you're still trying to reach out to a new demographic basically it's worth
1: the experiment if nothing 100 and it was, it was fascinating they've you know lots of lots of stuff in the disney catalog you could come back and do this i'm I'm curious to see where it goes. The technology's only going to get better. But, yeah, it was very much like you put two computers on a Madden Sim and sit down and watch it, and with all of the jank included. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite part is just that my image of Desmond Ritter now is pretty much only going to be these highlights of his toys. His toys his, being... His, his toy highlights of him throwing picks, because he kept throwing interceptions. And this was the first Desmond Ritter game I'd really sat down and watch, so... I like that in my head now, for all time, when somebody mentions Desmond Ritter in five years, I'll be like, oh, yeah, he threw yeah, that interception yeah. in Andy's yeah, room. That's, that's right. That's where he got finished. <laughs> He's still in the toy chest somewhere back Yeah, then. right. So Yeah, but maybe we can get into some actual real-life football. Well, I was going to say, bench. we could
0: talk actually about that game. I think uh, the Jaguars are going to be back in London next week as well. They're taking what? on the Bills, I believe. They're in London for two straight weeks? Two straight weeks. What one is, was a home what? game, one was a road game. They're Happy. playing at Tottenham next week instead of oh. wherever they just were. Wembley. Yeah, What is going on this year with
1: two London games?
0: A German game. Double
1: Monday night, double headers on Monday night for the first two weeks or whatever. Got to make that
0: money. I guess. Got to make that money.
1: Very strange. Well, of so course, there's
0: always that rumor that they want to create a division in the NFL in Europe, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense logistically.
1: I, I still, Even in the modern era, I still think the travel would be just far too, too much. Too much.
0: It's think about it. Teams fun. usually show up two or three days before the game. They should usually Especially show up like a Friday for a Sunday game yeah. or whatever. Well, think about it. Now you have to deal with jet lag and everything else that comes with jumping ahead yeah. eight, nine I mean, hours. The only way
1: they're making it work now is most is pretty much every time the team either gets a bye before or after their yeah. London game. I guess it, maybe that does make sense why they stay in London and play two. Then they'll get a bye, but, man, they just, they just said, Jags, get out of our country. Uh, they've been pushing there. the Jags. <laughs>
0: the Jags have played over in London ten times. Ten times. Yeah, I feel. They're five and five. That was the other reason
1: I was happy to watch the Toy Story version was like, I don't need to watch the Jags again. I mean, they're getting better, but...
0: It it was less exciting stuff. Uh, The more exciting game of the week, so much so that uh, multiple CBS stations begged (laughs) to get rid of the Bears-Broncos game to put on this game, and it was Bill's Dolphins. And I think everybody just assumed that the Dolphins... gonna keep rolling. You were, yeah, we're just they were, they were world beaters basically. After putting up 70 on a, on a Broncos team, I think we also realized that water was gonna find its level. Um, yeah, cause mean, you're not—you're not gonna have 700 plus yards, 10 touchdowns, and 70 points no. in a game.
1: What's that? That Broncos defense? I—I I, I read a statistic yesterday that was basically like—I forget the specifics—but their DVOA is like on pace to be the historically worst defense of all time. So.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that on the next game, because I do have a stat for, for that as well. <laughs> um, but, but didn't quite go their way. No, it didn't. Uh, it, it was heavily favored uh, in, in the way of the Bills in that game. Yeah, uh, Josh,
1: Josh Allen was just kind of slinging it this week. When he's on, and he's not randomly throwing horrible interceptions like in week one, they're really tough to beat. I just They can just get going, and Stephon Diggs can do some things, and it's just kind of run away with it, and yeah. Oliver on defense was kind of just tormenting them. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen had 320 yards, four touchdowns. Stephon Diggs had three of those touchdowns in 120 yards on only six receptions, by the way.
1: Did, did you see his long play where he, he he ran a hitch and then threw the guy off? No. Two guys off and ran all the way? It was he, he, like, motioned over to the left side, they were saying specifically, to get, like, their worst corner on him, basically, and then ran a hitch, caught the ball. The guy did the classic, like tried to like grab him and spin him down and it spun him away from the safety mm. which then like shot slingshotted him like 50 yards of the field basically and yeah that was that was about half of his yardage on the day uh yeah they they kind of just ran away with it
0: i think everybody thought that Josh Allen had become reckless again after week 1 which historically he looked, he's he kn- reckless he, he did one. uh i mean historically he had never really played well at the jets in his career, um, yeah. he had always sort of struggled with that defense away at, at the Meadowlands. So, And
1: it is a really good defense this year, it would appear. Yeah, I, and much, much
0: better. I mean, the, even after last night's game against Patrick Mahomes, I think they... A team that easily could have thrown in the towel with yeah. who is who's leading their team right now and Zach Wilson and actually
1: looked
0: kind of good. He, he looked very competent I, speak, last week. Speaking of this, Josh Allen Jets game week.
1: and this Mahomes Jets game, like part of me wonders if there is some kind of Freaky Friday business going on because boy did Josh Allen look like Zach Wilson in that Week One game. Yeah, and. Boy, did Zach Wilson almost look like Patrick Mahomes last night. And Mahomes was throwing these brain-dead interceptions. It was
0: the first time that a quarterback had outplayed Mahomes for more yards, more completions, and more touchdowns in his 127 yeah. career starts. That's crazy.
1: And it, it he was making some boneheaded decisions. So I don't, I'm, I'm curious when that ev- investigation is going to start <laughs> up because it just seems a little strange. I don't quite buy this from Zach Wilson. Yeah,
0: some people were saying that Taylor Swift was taking the town away from Patrick Mahomes. So...
1: It's possible. Big one. He was there again last
0: night. Uh, the, the other spotlight, m- mainly fantasy-wise, uh, the Dolphins running back broom. Is it A-Chain? Is that how you say his name? A- apparently it is, it is A-Chan. A-Chan, okay. A-Chan, though. He eight carries. Just
1: corrected everybody. Good. I,
0: I so. needed the correction. A-Chan. That's, that's great because I'm tired of when athletes don't correct me for four years. And uh, it seems to be a common occurrence sometimes. (laughs) But HN had eight carries, 101 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, the rookie seems like he's really ready to explode and take over this
1: backfield. He might have just taken it over because Mostert had a slow day and he had two fumbles. He lost one of them, so...
0: Doghouse. And he didn't
1: really... The game was kind of over and he's kind of older injury concerns, so he didn't really come back in the game. But it's definitely starting to go that direction. Like... A- a- Hn and I have both of them, and I started both of them in fantasy, so I'm I'm well aware. of keeping track of this. Mm-hmm. I'd love for both of them to be startable. That would be nice, but at this point, I don't. I don't think I can bench a- Hn. Like the no, ceiling is so I high. I think you would have, like, to going, have to keep yeah. going. find a spot for him somewhere. So now it's flipped from starting both of them to am I still starting Mostert? Kind of and. I just think that's going to happen more and more because he is. a is just so explosive and he's built perfectly for this offense. Like, I think it if makes you sense f- why Mike McDaniel was banging the table to get him.
0: Yeah, I, I think it would make sense if you have a team that. If the Dolphins are going up against a poor rushing defense. Yeah. Like, if you start both of them, it seems like a no-brainer for how McDaniel likes to get his guys' touches and everything else like that.
1: Yeah, so they're. That is a pretty terrifying aspect of that offense. Not to mention the Tyree kills, the Chalen Waddles, like the the Durham Smythes. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's talking about them. Um. So yeah, they're. I'm sure they'll bounce back. They still have a, a crazy offense, but yeah, the AFC East just keeps keeps getting better to some degree.
0: Some degrees, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about um, probably not probably. It is the biggest choke job for this franchise in. Over 40 years. Oh. The Chicago Bears lost to the Denver <laughs> Broncos 31-28 to after being up 28-7. to Yeah. And they gave up 17 points in the fourth quarter. The one positive you could take away from this if you're a Bears fan is There's Justin Fields looked great. There was... There was a point where he was 16-for-16 in the first half, and that stat you you were talking about with the Broncos, the stat I had for you was in their past two games. Outside of a Hail Mary at the end of the first half for Justin Fields, that was incomplete, the Broncos had not had an incompletion from the opposing quarterback in the first half the last two weeks.
1: Oh, my
0: God. (laughs) Justin Fields was 16-for-16. Tua Tungavailoa was also, I think, 16-for-16 in the first half as well. So, I mean, the Broncos' defense... Very bad. Yeah. And in the second half, I wouldn't necessarily say that the Broncos won, but more the Bears defeated themselves.
1: Yeah, I... The moment-to-moment stuff, I can't remember. The big play that I think obviously flipped it quite a bit was the, the kind of... I call it the Jameis moments where Fields goes back and kind of does a bit of a maybe a pump fake, and the ball kind of keeps going, and one of the Broncos picks it up yeah. and runs it back for seven. That, that definitely flips some things, but... I there. I think there's still a lot of positives here. I mean, 300 yard passing game for Fields. First
0: has, of his career. Has never happened before. Four D- touchdowns. First of his career. JJ
1: Moore was actually like involved in the offense. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't seem like they have the strongest running game still at this point. But you know, there's there's a positive. I I, had, I mean, going like when they're up 20 to seven, I was basically thinking like, <laughs> I have a question for you. Is it more embarrassing to have 70 put on you by the Dolphins or to have 28 put on you by the Bears? At the time, uh, I thought that number was going to keep growing. But.
0: Yeah, I think I think at that time, I'd still go with the the seventy from the Dolphins. You, you, sorry, like every every that. team can have a a good week per yeah. se. Um, the Dolphins had a great week. Historically, yeah. Um, I mean, a fifty point drubbing is is pretty bad. I would say that's yeah. more embarrassing than say the Bears' offense putting twenty eight points together. Okay, just wanted to, you know. Yeah, get uh, just please continue to source. put salt in my wounds over here. Um, (laughs) At the time, I thought they were going to keep going. Well, well, the worst part is is I did not watch most of this game until the final five minutes or so, and apparently that's when everything just hit the fan. Uh, The Bears went forward on fourth and one deep in Denver territory, and they ran I believe it was just an ISO play uh, for Herbert. He got stuffed instead of kicking the field goal, and then almost the very next play, I think there was one play in between, But Wilson hit Mims for like a 40-yard gain, put them in field goal territory, and and then they kicked the game-winning field goal. Fields, um, when he took the drive for that final possession for them, had only three incompletions at the time, Hmm. which, incredible. I think it was 28 for 31 at the time. Um, Unfortunately, though, he had an interception at the very end, and on that last drive, it just – he tried to throw it to Komet. Komet broke – in towards the field, and Fields threw it to his outside shoulder where the defender was, and it ended up just being a somewhat easy pick uh, to end the game. And bit
1: of a miscommunication.
0: Yeah, and uh, honestly, I'm okay with this loss. Uh, it's going to sound like such Bears loser. I'm whatever. Top two picks right now, Bears,
1: though. Those a big silver lining.
0: Top Number, two picks right top now. Top
1: two picks in the draft. Um, like... We're going to get to rock bottoms here pretty pretty soon, but that, I think, is the one reason that you are not able to qualify for that. Yeah. Top two picks in the draft is a nice spot to be in. It
0: is a nice – and, like, it, this is very, very far out there. We obviously still have 13 more games to go. But if Justin Fields can put up similar performances like this – I'm not saying he yeah. needs to do it every week, but, like, if you're getting 250-plus and, like, two touchdowns and you – for the love of God, cut down on some turnovers. Whether you just That's hold on it. to the ball for no more fumbles. Yeah. I can live with three touchdowns and an interception if you're putting up I bet you can. a lot of yards and you're spreading the ball around. That's okay. Yeah. Like, yesterday he showed me that, like, he can be an NFL passer. Yeah, he was on time with his throws. He was on target with his throws. That's more
1: volume than he's usually had, really.
0: One hundred percent. I mean, he had twenty-eight completions. He's usually only throwing the ball like twenty happened? times. I don't think that's ever happened. No, me either, right? he's he's had like he set a record for completions. Yeah. Um, for a Bears quarterback, which um, hmm. goes back over a hundred years, and our greatest quarterback is from the fifties. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I was very encouraged with what Justin Fields had to do and I'll be interested to hear what the local media has to say because he actually looked like a quarterback for once. Not he did. we're going to let him go run around which he still he he extended plays yesterday. That was yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah. Um extended plays and made the right moves for the most part. Yeah. And so if he can just grow on that, again, I don't need to see 400 yards, four touchdowns or whatever, but like Show me he can consistently get two hundred and fifty and above passing, or at least setting yeah, up, set him up you, for those use opportunities. Use
1: set to what it's needed. Like get some, get some mobility in there. Get him out the pocket. Get him moving. Have some options. And this year is basically going to be kind of a last tryout for him at this point for this yeah. team. Because if you end up at that top pick and you don't love your quarterback, you're probably going to end up taking Caleb Williams.
0: And that's that's kind of where I've. Is, you know, nice, not, not bad. I mean, it's good, but I've also heard. Caleb Williams is kind of reckless at times, which you sort of see it in the college game. You can get away yeah. with it. But so. but my, what I'm talking about goes right into that point, though. Like, say Justin Fields does prove to you that he is
1: your guy. Your guy.
0: Yeah. Like, you could have a similar situation to what you had this year. Instead of, you know, taking one overall, you could flip that yeah. and get more picks, maybe yeah. get somebody else to help. Sure. And then you still have pick number two. Yeah, it's not like you're falling back so far. Like you get a you get a key interior defensive lineman or a key offensive lineman for you. If, if if
1: Fields pops off and you're set with him too, the price for that number one pick for Caleb through Williams the roof is going to be double what it was last year. Yeah, like
0: you thought Carolina paid a bunch. Be some
1: desperate teams who absolutely want. That. I.
0: What about Arizona? <laughs> yeah. They got two first round picks. It's like well. Man, send those over. We're, we're not or... we're not yeah. losing as much as we wanted to. Yeah, and now you're out. It's so an enticing
1: situation.
0: It's there's the silver lining to going zero yeah. four. Obviously, you want a win just from a fan base perspective, but many positives. I feel like for once this season, through four weeks, the world is not burning to the ground in Chicago. You needed this game too. If like Iberflus clearly on the hot seat. I don't disagree with that, but. Player personnel wise, like fields, um, you got the production out of DJ Moore too. He went for a buck thirty and a touchdown on my bench. Yeah, well, I got I had Comet on my bench and he went for twenty points. Well, don't so. worry, we'll start him next week yeah.
1: and they'll definitely still. They'll do, do that, nothing, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. of
0: course. Uh, <laughs> I mean,
1: speaking of that draft class and potential rock bottoms, my Patriots had a similar.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say uh, from, no, from one we were never up. F- from from one painful game to the next, uh, Patriots took on the Dallas Cowboys, and Dallas took last week personally, uh, and and that lost to the Cardinals, and they I'm wanted so to make glad sure that was them after that. That's,
1: right. That's the perfect time.
0: Uh, ended up being a get-right game for the Cowboys. Yeah. They won thirty-eight to three, and y- yeah. y- you imagine you Not were like never up. There. Um, and that's because it was true. You were down ten three in the first quarter, and then Cowboys yeah. ripped off eighteen in the second, and then ten more points in the second half, where it seems like he sort of coasted to that point. It was twenty eight to three at halftime. Um, now that's a score that I used to like the score of, but in the other I way, had some yeah. Flashbacks,
1: but it uh, didn't end up going the same direction. Yeah, this might be getting towards the end of this Mac Jones era already. It was an easily his worst game of his career. He made some very boneheaded throws that went the opposite direction. I mean, uh, in all honesty, the game started 3-3, all good. They're, the Cowboys are driving. And then Christian Gonzalez dislocates his shoulder. And this was the matchup I was excited to yep, watch. Yeah, talked about it in the last episode. He goes out. I was immediately like, oh, no. And then the very next play, they would send CD out wide, covered by Miles Bryant, our designated <laughs> you're-gonna-get-burned cornerback. Every time I'm like, oh, who just burned that guy? I'm like, oh, it was Miles Bryant again. Okay, cool. He's the guy who let whatever McKenzie for the Bills go for like 140 yards against us. Yeah, so, you know, that's on his resume. I mean, it's not necessarily (laughs) his fault. It's CeeDee Lamb. It's one-on-one. But they immediately throw a fade one-on-one to him, and it's like he's not even on the field. It's like untouched CeeDee Lamb touchdown. Come back down the other side. Mac Jones fumbles it into the defensive lineman's hands who walks into the end zone. And I was like, oh. This is how every game has gone this year.
0: <laughs> Sounds about right.
1: Immediately dig a hole for ourselves and then kind of scrap back. Except we didn't even that part didn't even end up happening. Uh, Mac had like a couple good plays. He had one where he got away with throwing across his body back across the field that had actually ended up working. And then a, a couple plays later, or maybe a series later, he tried it again. And it did not it work It never works out twice. And As he, a former
0: quarterback, let me tell you, it never, yeah. never works out yeah. twice he, in a row.
1: He did it once. He was like, oh, I guess I can do this then. And it immediately backfired. Another pick six. Uh, he ends up getting benched. Belichick said because the game was out of hands. But the, I mean, the one was. lucky thing he has is that they do not like their backup quarterbacks, I will say. like They, cut, they don't like the zap attack? They cut Zappy preseason and got him back on waivers. That's how much they don't really care to start him. They tried to get uh, some corral from, from, yeah, yes, the, from Panthers. the Panthers. And there was some weird, maybe physical or kind of mental thing yeah. that took him out of well, there. Well, he was
0: still having the Liz Frank injury that he was recovering so from. And, and then you picked through. up Will Greer, who was That's like the, the third quarterback from so Dallas.
1: That is the one thing I think that'll keep Mac starting a lot of these games this season, but it's, it's a bit grim.
0: Now, you honestly think that they didn't like zappy, and that's why they cut him. It wasn't, other teams are cutting other players, and we might need some space to at least sign him, because you could always sign him back to the practice squad. And
1: they did end up doing that, but they weren't afraid of him being claimed by anybody, I guess I should say. Like, they were pretty confident nobody else would take him, and nobody else did. Now, at the time, I think I mentioned to you that it seemed like it was because we were having offensive line injuries that we needed those roster spots Mm -hmm. for those guys, but, I mean, they, they clearly just don't care too much for their backups, so... That's the one thing Mac has on its side. I mean, the Matt Patricia year, I think, completely threw him off. It's been better this year, but honestly, like, there's still a lot of problems with the offense. There's still a lot of problems with the skill position players. It doesn't seem like we can run the ball at all this year, which isn't at least something we could do the past couple years. Like, Ramondre's kind of fallen off a cliff. Zeke is, like, outperforming him in some of these games, which I did not think would be possible preseason, so... I don't know. It's they are addicted to the screen passes. They're very conservative in their play calling, and it's and they don't have a lot of talent, and their offensive line's not good.
0: So <laughs> See, other than that, the, <laughs> all, all these holes. But there's a couple other special things. Special teams, is um, great.
1: We can kick though.
0: Well, it's it's <laughs> funny you say that because I am thinking about the Patriots in the past. Now they had like a couple names that really stood out. Obviously, you had Gronk. Yes. But like when I think of their receiving core outside of like that undefeated season with Randy yeah. Moss and and uh, I believe Welker was there yeah. still. Uh, They've
1: gotten by with this model for a long time, with the David Givens and the Troy Browns, uh, and he, even Jules, Julian Edelman. Yeah, but like you he's have – Low pick.
0: But like Edelman, Edelman's, uh, I love Julian Edelman, but he's not like a world beater or like your number one no. receiver or anything like that. And you had no. a guy in Tom Brady who – Made it work. He made it work because he got his guys off the couch and practicing with him in the off season and, and yeah. timing everything up like that. Where I, I nothing against Mac. I just don't know what his process is, but like he doesn't it, it's Tom Brady got the most out of the talent that was around him because of the way he worked with them. Yeah. Where with the Patriots now, it's you're still trying to do that, but you don't have the same type of mentality that you've had yeah, in the past. you don't past. Have
1: the ultimate elevator at quarterback anymore. You? Exactly. You have a guy who arguably he needs everything to be elevated around him, and then he can play a pretty good game. Like uh, Mac Jones could do what Brock Party's doing with San Francisco. Yeah, I'm absolutely. I'm pretty confident in saying that. I, but if he's not in a good situation, if he doesn't have the talent around him, he doesn't have a lot of his own tools to get out of these situations of the physical abilities so i i don't know i've i've been getting worried for a little bit here and it's it's getting a little more worrying the longer on we go and even in the brady years that the, some of my bugaboos with that offense were always like that the way that the offense worked has always been like it has to be on time if you ever get a little bit of a holding penalty a backwards play yeah it all does kind of fall apart rather quickly, even when we have Brady. So, and that's, that's kind of been a staple of this Bill O'Brien offense for a long time. So, and it, it's happened this year, and if there's ever a single bad play within a sequence or a series, it just kills, if, if they take a sack, if there's a penalty, if one of the screens that they run 33% of the time doesn't go forward, it just immediately kind of makes it so they can't get that first down. and mm-hmm. they have the punt And uh, the, the defense is good. It's really good, but... Uh, it's just uh, it's easier to play offense nowadays like eventually you're gonna get one you're gonna get a couple and if you can't keep up there's not much to talk about
0: like, yeah I no. I have uh, a topic I'd like to discuss with you talked about the backup quarterback and Mac Jones and not really feeling threatened by yeah. anybody do you remember the name Kyle Sloer at all no okay well he was a backup in the league for a few years um, I follow him on social media, and he brought up a point the other day where I, I kind of understand it. He says, teams don't bring in backup quarterbacks to try to win jobs. They just bring them in for safety blankets, where sure. you, you don't necessarily have the best quarterback as the backup. You just have somebody who's not going to threaten your starter. And I feel like a lot of teams get stuck in purgatory because they draft a guy high, and they don't have – They've got the pressure around them to, like, start and everything, but they don't have the backup pressure. Where, like, mm. when I was in athletics and stuff like that, there was always competition between me and the next guy. Yeah. But we got along. We were teammates. We were fun and everything else like that. But yeah. there was always that competition element where Sloter, who was a backup quarterback who I, I think probably could be a backup on a roster, but he's not anywhere right now he just talks about how nobody wants the backup quarterback to threaten the starter in any way. So they don't bring in the best guy to be the backup. They bring in a guy that Uh they know is going to be safe, that they know is not going to threaten the ego or whatever for the starter. And I was wondering what your thoughts might be, because I agree with Kyle. There's plenty of backup quarterbacks that are um, (laughs) not good. Like why is Tim Boyle Uh a a starting quarterback at times, backup most of the time when he had – an incredibly terrible record at UConn in college. Uh, terrible Travis touchdown.
1: Backup for the Steelers still.
0: Because apparently he's still a first-round pick, and people think they can do something for him. Yeah. But, like, undrafted guys. Like, why do you trade for Trey Lance if you're the Cowboys when you have a guy like Cooper Rush who went 5-1 and one in six starts for you as an undrafted guy? Um you know, like obviously he's competent to run your offense and win you games, and then why do you bring in a, a backup quarterback like that? Because it's not you're know. not elevating your quarterback room, you're not pushing your starter to be that much better. That, and I'm not even saying Cooper Rush is like the best backup quarterback because he's serviceable, but yeah. he is not the best backup. To help you win games in case your starter goes down.
1: No, yeah, I, I mean specifically with that Cowboys trade for Trey Lance, I specifically don't know why or what the point of that is. It feels like a Jerry Jones ego move, or some kind of weird Dak Prescott down the line insurance. But it's not the move of a team that's trying to win a Super Bowl this year and needs somebody who could come in if Dak gets hurt. Because that's not Trey Lance. No, not he at needs all. It's like a whole season. We we still haven't really seen him play at all. Yeah. So so I don't know why they did that. Like I 100 percent agree. If for the Cowboys, that should be like a. I, I mean, my go-to at this point is always Gardner Minshew because I oh, just yeah. think he is.
0: He's a the, gamer. He, probably the
1: best backup uh, in the yeah. league maybe right now. It doesn't exactly fit the play style of Dak because that's my big thing with backups. I get annoyed when they don't have the, the same play quarterback style. Is a, Wildly different playstyle. So, so, you the like starter. the Lamar
0: Jackson, Tyler Huntley back I do.
1: I don't necessarily like the Tyler Huntley. But, like, but he's it, got it similar scale sets. It's, it, he slots into the offense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I hate, I'm sorry to do the Bears analogy, but it's like it's fine. when Andy Dalton was the starter. And that doesn't even really work because Fields was the rookie. But Andy Dalton's the starter, gets hurt or is bad, I forget which. And yeah, Fields hurt, comes yeah. in and they just ran the Andy Dalton offense for that first game. And it's like, what, Got him murdered. what are we doing here? Yeah. So stuff like that where I, I want my backup to have a similar skill set to the, 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 the actual starter. Or I have to change the entire offense when the guy gets hurt.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, think about it. If Justin Fields gets hurt just because you brought up the Bears. Yeah. Nathan Peterman is the backup. Well. How does this guy still have a job?
1: I have actually have no idea how. Like,
0: he does a job. if Nathan Peterson is my third quarterback who doesn't take up a roster spot, I'm more okay with that uh, than him being my number two quarterback to come in immediately after Fields. I
1: definitely. That's that's a tough one. Yeah,
0: because like I don't. He's like
1: one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen play in the NFL.
0: It, yeah, I'm with you.
1: So I don't really. I
0: and it, it goes it goes is. back to what Slota's talking about, though. It's you don't have yeah. a guy that's actually pushing your quarterback to get better or be better because there's nobody on his heels to possibly take the spot don't really, because you want your quarterback to feel safe and secure that he's our guy
1: i don't know if i'd totally buy that though like are they gonna bench Justin Fields cuz the backup's a little better they have so much invested in Justin Fields to continue to play
0: i wouldn't necessarily like when it's not necessarily to make him benched in any way but it adds more competition to the room to try to get the best out of your guy. Yeah. yeah, That's what I'm talking about. Not necessarily, sure. like, benching fields to put in Tyson Bajan or whatever, who's, yeah. who's also another backup for the Bears. But, like, <laughs> it's creating a better competition in the room to try to get the most out of your guy.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. It's – I have some experience with this specifically with the Jimmy G, Tom Brady situation, I suppose, because that – does seem he's specifically you don't think that
0: fired up tom
1: i think it did i just think i don't know i guess it goes both because because
0: it, it fired he, up he tom wanted
1: them to trade jimmy g
0: yeah yeah but no i get that he's
1: definitely not a guy who's afraid of that competition either so but see like i don't it, really know where that that sort is. of plays
0: into what i'm saying though that fired up tom to try to take his game to another level to make sure that something bad didn't happen yeah. to him
1: and I guess I was going to say the problem is most of the time his backup was Brian Hoyer.
0: Well, if that's Brian but, Hoyer.
1: But that's not true. They Throughout the years, they were drafting... And they, they Yeah, yeah they, they drafted Jacoby Brissett. They they were always kind of getting somebody else in the room. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I certainly would always want the, my backup to be the best option that I could have. These starting quarterbacks who are drafted highly already have plenty of pressure on them. So it wouldn't really be a consideration of like, oh, no, he's going to... He might be more pressured. It's like, I think he's got pressure. I think. Yeah, the guy already has pressure.
0: That. I yeah. just felt like it was <clears throat> – Sloater brought up the point of just, like, getting more competition for your guy. Not Again, not necessarily to take over, but yeah. to try to elevate his play. Um, I found the best rooms that I was in were people who – they were, like, constantly talking. And yeah. there was communication between the starter and the backup or even the third string because – the the third string guy who's not playing like he might see something that you just don't notice because your yeah. mind is playing fresh set eyes yeah all, everything else so it's it's I, I find it discouraging at times you're not getting the the best backup and I only brought that up because you I talked agree. about Zappy being back there and it's like well that's not putting any pressure on Mac to no. try to perform better in any way yeah um, speaking of quarterbacks who are playing great though especially as a rookie yeah. Uh, CJ Stroud has done a terrific job as a starting quarterback for the Houston Texans. It's
1: kind of incredible, yeah. He continues to ascend. Still hasn't thrown an interception. Felt like he was like almost playing a perfect game in that game I watched today. That the first drive they scored a touchdown, I, I think it was. They had their touchdowns called back by like th- three different. Yeah, I got two row. different two different notifications Something.
0: on my phone for a touchdown.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so and he just kept making the right play on that drive over and over to the point where. They scored a they scored a touchdown at the end of that didn't drive get as, flustered as many times as they tried to take it away from them so yeah he's been incredibly impressive my uh off mic we talked a little bit this week about Mr. Nico Collins
0: yeah well yeah we did I was trying to uh well my team is in Dire Straits right now. We are 1 and 5 and yeah. I know we're only 3 weeks in, but we play uh with a median score. So if you don't meet the median, you get another loss. It
1: really accelerates things quickly when you're like, "Whoa, I'm like I was 1 and 3 after 2 weeks and I was like, "Damn. Like,
0: yeah, I am not feeling great about my team. So yeah. I put Garrett Wilson on the block. Yeah. Um and I was looking to get a couple picks and included nico collins in there now you've got tank dell nothing against tank dell i know he blew up the week before but you're like nico collins he's not doing anything i I
1: saw nico collins in there and i put my foot down and i was like this is not a real guy you can't trade for this guy what a fluke
0: i called him terrace marshall he's a he's a he's a big bodied receiver and he's the number one receiver for the texans uh he went seven receptions 168 yards and two touchdowns
1: what did tank dell have i don't know but he doesn't show up on my box score yeah, so that I I kind of had a feeling pretty early on that my <laughs> my talk was gonna backfire and it did.
0: It did certainly, it certainly it certainly only cost did. me a couple picks so. and uh, yeah, but no I, I honestly
1: it, it still feels a little fluky to me, but he is a legit guy this season. It seems like
0: well, he's the number one in Houston I, with how Houston is, is playing. I don't anticipate them getting like a super high pick actually they don't even have a first round pick anyways because they traded it to arizona so So like
1: they have have no incentive to lose
0: yeah they they don't have to get that big name receiver or whatever that might be coming out or anything like that so like nico collins is the number one he's he's got the size he's got the frame to be on the outside so that's why i was thinking along the lines of he's already got good chemistry with stroud he's the number one he's probably not going anywhere in the next couple years he'll
1: yeah. At worst, I'm curious about the next couple of years. I don't know.
0: He's only in, this is his third year, so he's got one this year and I think one year. more year.
1: So I'm, I'm I am curious, but yeah, it does seem like Tankdale is going to be a little bit more boomer bust than all boom. So we'll kind of see, but the the entire yeah the Texans offense is starting to look it's, fun. Damian Pierce clicking. finally kind of started going. Yeah. It's they got Dalton Schultz there. He, he caught a pass.
0: Tamiko Ryan's is doing a great job with that team. Yeah. Um, I mean. You easily could have been like, oh, man, they're 0-2 to start the year. Yeah. Nothing's really going well, right. You
1: compare them to the Panthers, where it's like a very similar timeline and similar yep. quarterback draft, and they just kind of got whooped this weekend and nothing to say there. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean. the Person uh... did play, I believe, but, yeah, not, not quite as much of a pop-off as Stroud has had these first couple games. So it seems like that may be the direction of those two guys of which is going to have a bit of a longer stay but the, the size with Bryce Young is just a little
0: concerning yeah Young had 204 yards passing no touchdowns no interceptions
1: and he's he's, he's working also, with a lot less
0: yeah I was about to say he's working with uh, not arguably he is working with a lot less right now I yeah. mean you've got an aging Adam Thielen who did have a good week last week but like can you consistently rely on him DJ Chark is constantly in and out of the lineup constantly. with his own injuries uh we already know your beef with Terrence Marshall um and then the running back situation. you got Miles Sanders and then yeah. Chuba Hubbard, and it's just like it's uh, not, great. not a lot of firepower. Jonathan Mingo hasn't really panned out right now either. So Granted, far. it's it's only four weeks in, so I'm not labeling him in any way. It's just uh, he hasn't shown those flashes that you were hoping to, to yeah. match up with your rookie quarterback.
1: Yeah, so it certainly it seems like of the two, the Texans may be on a bit of a better trajectory with that. So, yeah, we'll kind of see. Are there any other quick hits on – NFL that we want to
0: touch on? Uh, I mean, my main surprising team Bengals so far? The Bengals. That's okay. exactly what I was getting to. 27-3 to 3 loss to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Tannehill had two forty, one touchdown, one interception. Henry had 22 carries, 122 yards. It looked like track to Cito's season. Um, yeah,
1: he had a beast mode highlight I definitely did see. Yeah,
0: and he had a touchdown. But alarming that the Bengals are... Cl- they are so close to being zero and four.
1: They're struggling offensively,
0: which is shocking because play. two or three years ago, this was the team to beat offensively. Like yeah. obviously, the Chiefs are up there, but like they they have the weapons. They have T. Yep. Higgins, who's like your number two, number three receiver. You've obviously got Jamar Chase, who's your number one. You've got a. Um, explosive running back and joe mixon back there and then you've got they
1: fixed their offensive line issues at least a little bit
0: a little bit at least they've attempted to each year like that year they went to the super bowl they were not good offensive line wise no and they tried to improve upon it the next year you know struggled early on and and then even this past offseason they tried to improve upon it but man nothing was looking good for that team
1: and it's it's hard to know how much is the injury with burrow but can't be this much, it seems like. It scored as much as Mac Jones' offense
0: did. Yes, and uh, calf is like you're using that back leg, that calf, to push off and throw sometimes. Yeah. So like, I I get that it affects Joe sometimes, but you're one and three. In a, in a division that... Yeah. The um,
1: Ravens are kind of starting to run away with I mean, Yeah. The Browns with the strong defense maybe could do it. It seems like kind of the Steelers are in a similar...
0: Yeah, I mean, Baltimore's three and one. Steelers are two and two, along with the Cleveland Browns, and then the Bengals are one and three. Like, I have a feeling where you just gave Joe Burrow a large Oofy sum bucks. of money. That say you fall to one and four, and his calf is still not right. Like, I don't want to say uh, it's a lost season, but like, dude, get it, get him a it, break. It's
1: getting closer and closer. Yeah. Like you.
0: Who do they play he, next week? Let's yeah, let's bring up that schedule. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's the Cardinals. That has to be a get-right. That game. That has to
1: be a get-right game. It has to lose, be. Although they beat the Cowboys, but yeah, if you lose that, it starts to yeah, you're starting to look down the barrel of a lot of losses and not so many wins. And,
0: and you know what? You've already had a season where you lost Joe Burrow for more than half the year when he yeah. tore his ACL. I think it was his second year in the league. Yeah. Um, why not? Just give, it, give him. I'm not even saying give him the full season. Just give him like two or three more weeks to to rest up and really become the best version of himself.
1: Yeah, because you're, te- you're not going to win without that, and and then you do start looking at what what about the next five years? Like we actually do need this guy to be right, exactly, and for us to even. You just gave hands. him
0: all that money. You signed him for the long term extension. Yeah. You need him right.
1: Uh, and yeah, with already one major injury, yeah, you, uh, you start to you start to wonder. But then there's another. Who is their backup quarterback? Jake, Jake Browning. Browning.
0: Yeah, who, a guy who he
1: really, he hasn't really played.
0: Uh, I think he's got like 1 year of experience. Again, it's
1: like is that really if this this team coming into the year had playoff contention hopes and you don't really have a backup plan at all, do you? No. Why is it I don't understand how it's the Colts who have Gardner Minshew. The Colts who don't care if they win a single game this year have the best backup quarterback in the league. All these other teams whose quarterbacks are already going down who want to compete have random rookies who've never played. Like, I just... It doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't really get it. Minshew would be a fantastic backup for the Bengals to have. They could play him for a month, let let Joe Burrow get better. Yeah, because he's at least going to keep you offense, competitive in 100%. games.
0: Like, you know, like, even when he was on those bad Jacksonville teams before Trevor Lawrence got yeah. there and he was a starting quarterback behind it. Nick Foles, I think is what it was. It. Yeah, he did a great job. Like, he, he kept them in games. You were competitive. You were within striking distance every time. Like, you can't ask much more for a guy who's not your regular no. starter to be doing and, that.
1: And that Bengals offense does not work without a quarterback.
0: No. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I don't know. Some, some other running teams or a Shanahan offense, you kind of don't really – don't really need a quarterback that often. Until you you're just need to make sure you can get the defense. ball to somebody. Yeah, you just hand it off to Debo or do some weird pitch or direct to McCaffrey. But the Bengals, like, if you want to get it to those receivers, you need a guy who can get it there. And If Burrow's out, it doesn't sound like you have any options. So mm-hmm. Always very weird, some of these situations. But yeah, it seems like the Bengals are in a bit of a struggle situation. We'll kind of see if they can pick it back up.
0: Any other teams or games you want to discuss? That kind of wraps everything up for me. I mean, there is still the one more game that's tonight, Seahawks-Giants. I'm not super engaged into that one. I will say I'm going I need to- Kenneth Walker to get points, so I for sure don't lose. Yeah,
1: fantasy-wise, I'm going to be sweating it out, hoping that the Seahawks kicker doesn't have a night who had 20 points last week. I need him to be under th- Thirteen, I think. So I'll. It'll. It's gonna. We'll come just down. have Walker
0: score all those touchdowns. Only extra points it's for him. Come
1: down right to the end. I already know it. Uh, the only other thing that I think I wanted to mention um, in the Saints Bucks game and related to fantasy, uh, Alvin Kamara came back this week. Oh yep, he yep. That's started, big news. started in my league. Had an interesting scoreline, uh, <laughs> to say the least, um, that sparked a bit of a discussion in our fantasy league. He, at 11 carries, 51 yards. He had 13 catches for 33 yards. Yeah. Yeah, you heard that right.
0: 13 catches for <laughs> 33 yards. 13
1: catches, 33 yards. I don't know what that average is. Like, 3? 2.5? If, if that, I can't do it on my phone. I mean, Derek Carr is the king of the checkdown, obviously. checkdown artist. But it basically kind of led us into a bit of a
0: discussion. It's like 1.1 yards. Like. It's a little over that. It's like, yeah.
1: it, I was constantly watching him check down to the line of scrimmage and, like, step out of bounds and get a yard or something. Like, it was, it was not much. Okay. Not much going on. Uh, but basically, it sparked whether or not we should be... Wh- what is more viable, points per reception? Or this is this new thing, points per first down, which has been floated in a couple fantasy podcasts I listened to, which I didn't know is actually an option, which I is did. a scoring option in our Sleeper app. So I'm kind of curious. We'll see Is that going to change
0: uh, previous scores then? Because well, if it's not going to help me, then I don't care. We wouldn't do it this season. We would, oh, okay.
1: we would wait and see and talk about it in the off offseason. Um, but I do find it to be very interesting. Basically, I mean, it's cases like this Camara case where he had 13 catches for 34 yards. He ended up with 16 points in our league for a total of about 80 yards. So he kind of like doubled his points. Just by catching checkdowns for zero Yeah, yards. yeah. Ours is half
0: PPR, too. It's so, half. So, yeah, yeah
1: it, it makes it a little better. I mean, God, he would have been a PPR monster and done absolutely nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, it does kind of make you wonder. Basically, the, there's
0: a. I mean, points per first down is what it sounds like. What is that scored out to? Is that like a full point? Is I it a half a point? A quarter would be of a point? One of those two. It
1: would probably either be one or half.
0: Okay. It.
1: it May, I, I, I don't know. I've never actually done it with this before, so it's hard to know mm-hmm. is one point super OP or is a half point a little better? But it is interesting to think about because that's actually like more actionable good football plays is when you're catching a pass and it goes for a first down mm-hmm. rather than you on third and nine, you caught a pass for one yard on a check down and it didn't do anything. It's like. But you still got, in full PPR, 1.2 points or whatever. So, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I could see... I mean, obviously right now the fantasy world is all kind of PPR or not. Yeah. This isn't really within the discussion. I could see this kind of moving more into the mainstream as we go on because it actually does reward good football plays a little better. And the more of these cases where somebody catches 10 passes for nothing and it's kind of annoying that they get points for that... I think it, I don't know. I think it could end up swaying the other direction, and I think that could be kind of kind of interesting to see because I think that could be good because you just you want to root for good football plays and get
0: points. For those. Yeah, I mean, like getting half a point and you only get one one yard or whatever you get point six overall. But if it goes for a first down, I mean, that could really.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you catch a six yard pass on third and four, now you're getting one point six points or something, and it's like yeah. if you if they hadn't caught that pass, that drives over, so mm-hmm. it's like you actually are rewarding a very important play with that series for the offense. So
0: I'm not against I'm it, it's curious. just a new like quirk to put it in there. It changes
1: everything because then it's like I think a lot Well of even, cases. even
0: on like rushing then too. Is it yeah. only on catching? I think so like you your running back gets a control. carry for three yards but picks up a first down. Yeah. I mean like that's point eight. Yeah. Right? But yeah. Something along those lines I mean. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah. Yeah, which you would want to reward that kind of stuff. Yeah, rushing first downs
0: right in here. Interesting. I mean I, I'm not against it. I, I think it's passing first down. That might be a little too OP.
1: You're passing maybe for a lot just do of the
0: receiver downs. and uh, but that, yeah and the running into back that. Thing.
1: And then it's like I think a lot of leagues are either or as far as points per reception or points for first down, or would it just be another additive thing? Like we have points for a one point bonus for a hundred yard game. Is it yeah, we also have like a, or is it either or? So I don't know. But it's what if you did it like
0: no, never mind. That'd be too difficult. I was going to say, like, if you got like three, three, four first downs, like that, equal to point, or something like that, or. I mean,
1: you could basically just have it be like 0. 0.25 for a first down, or something, or 0. 0.5 for a first yeah. down, like we, yeah, like what we would do with punt return yards or something, where mm-hmm. we have to kind of bump them down. Feels like every year
0: there's a new tiny thing to tweak around in points.
1: There, there usually is. This, I think, this is the first year it's we've gone a while without something coming up well i
0: know we've discussed it in the chat this
1: is weird man we should move this or that like one that's come up a lot is like points for defenses as far as fumble forced fumbles and fumble recoveries Mm. i think now it's like two for a forced fumble one for a recovery
0: should be the opposite
1: i kind of maybe felt the same yesterday when i was playing a defense that forced a fumble but didn't pick it up and i was like they just got two points for ostensibly nothing what? Why is this happening?
0: Yeah, that definitely I, should be flipped. Because you should be more rewarded for getting the fumble recovery than necessarily the fumble in itself.
1: I agree, but I think at the time our argument was like it's more impressive as a defensive play to force a fumble than to just, because if you just fumble a snap and they pick it up, it's like that's, so I don't know, we've gone back and forth. How often does that happen? Uh, I think it happens to one of the teams last night and somebody fumble a snap and they picked it up. Zach Wilson, didn't he lose the game that way? I don't, game? Know. I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, I remember him giving a press conference saying he lost. Was the game. it
0: from under center? He dropped it. I think it was a sh-
1: shotgun. That's a little
0: different. Well, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's curious. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go into America's favorite segment since we're on fantasy right now. Yeah. Fantasy sandbag is going in for a third week now. Uh, first two weeks, I. Or is it? The fourth. F- oh yeah, that's right. I only have three on here. You had you did the one last week Maybe on, We should uh, do that real quick. Last week's scores? Well, I don't know if we know who won.
1: <laughs> you s- did. You won. Okay, that's all we need to say. Yeah, yeah. No, you Fantastic. you
0: won that one cuz that that was when I had mostert for like 37 yeah, I was, something I think points we left or whatever. Yeah.
1: Before the Monday game, so just to close that. Correct. Yeah, up. no.
0: So uh, Week 4. Week 4 coming into this week, I had one win. Ray had two. I use win in it's, quotation marks because yeah. you want the lower score. You lose. You want to have the worst score. Uh, so the first week I had 67.32. Ray had 84.44. The next week I had 94 points. Ray only had 85, so he won that one. Uh, week three was a gajillion points because I picked Raheem Mostert on my team, and Ray had, I'm assuming, somewhere in the 80s because he's been very consistent like that.
1: Uh, 70. To 92. Even worse. Okay, This week is much lower on both sides.
0: Yes, very much so. Uh, So to go through our teams, uh, I've had to make a change only because Irv Smith was a late scratch uh, for last Monday night's game for the Bengals. Um, So I picked up uh, Kylan Granson, the tight end for the Colts. Kylan? Or is it just Kyle? It's Kylan. I have it right here. It It says Kylan on our little thing right there. Okay. Okay. I mean, I could have totally butchered that, too. I'm not totally sure. I'm just going to look at the same thing you are, but I thought it was good. You're going to have to scroll back quite a bit because I just did it from the pickup thing. Um, All right, so our teams, though. I've got Baker, uh, James Conner, Raheem Mostert, Juju Smith-Schuster, Allen Robinson, uh, Kylan Granson, Browns defense, and then um, Lutz. Lutz. Chris Lutz? Will Lutz? Will Lutz. I definitely know Will. That's Will Lutz. That's Will Lutz. Lutz okay, What's for the, the, the kicker for the Broncos right now. Uh, for you, you had Russell Wilson, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Darnell Mooney, uh, Michael Thomas, Kyle Pitts, the Cardinals, and then Carlson the kicker for <laughs> Kyle, the... <laughs> Real quick, did you see
1: Johnnie Smith's scoreline for this weekend?
0: No, but I saw that he had a huge reception. He had like 80 yards overall. Yeah, he had
1: like... I think he had like 90 yards or something. Kyle Pitts like... <laughs> Three
0: points. Nothing. It's so incredibly underutilized. It's crazy. A waste of space. Um, <laughs> and not 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 him as a person. Just okay. like okay. like out on the field, like they're not utilizing him. It's what I mean by I that. I did
1: not see him. I didn't see much of his Toy Story toy running around. I no, I that. didn't either. I
0: didn't see. Much it's. Of a I saw him crime. once
1: when Ritter threw a pick over the middle because he was
0: trying to throw it it. Um. Both of our leading scorers this week were, were our quarterbacks. Nothing too surprising there, except for the fact that Baker Mayfield continues to win with the Bucks. He's a gamer. Uh, 23.7 points. Swing Overall, up. though, um, he was the only guy I had reach double digits. You had one guy, DeAndre Swift. Um, My defense even went negative, and it wasn't enough. It still was not enough. I had 56 total points. Ray. Season you, low. That is a season low for, for both of us. Uh, and you had 67.28 points. <laughs>
1: so I thought it was pretty good.
0: Normally, yeah, that'd be really good. That that would have been uh, our second lowest score ever. Yeah, the the Mostert pick finally
1: did come through for you this week. Yeah, because uh, A-chan yeah. went off. Yeah,
0: It's really your receivers
1: that I just cannot even get close to being Yeah,
0: Juju, I don't think, has gotten over 5-3 Horrendous at all.
1: Horrendous pickup by the Patriots. I, I knew it in the moment. Oh, yeah. Why uh, are we getting this over Jacoby? He's, he's going to be a disaster. Big name.
0: Big big name. And it's a disaster. Um, Allen Robinson has declined, as kind of we all Incredible predicted pick. would be uh, for the Steelers. Yeah. Um, Incredible pick. Yeah. And then my tight end uh, was just a gamble. You know, you never know how that's going to end up. I wish Irv Smith wasn't hurt, because he would be a lock right now on my team. Granson outscored Kyle
1: Pitts, just to be clear.
0: Yeah, he had 3-4. Kyle Pitts had 3-1. Uh, the defense-wise, though, you said you went negative. The Browns actually had a bad week as well. They went 5.46. Cannot wait for that bye week so I can change my defense. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, and then the kickers are just the kickers. Lutz actually had a good we day because he came back against the Bears and both, had a nice long field goal.
1: Both these kickers outscored my real kicker. Okay, cool. <laughs> tough with justin tucker this season. i actually think i realize why now i saw a stat today coming in that the the ravens red zone touchdown percentage is like 80 percent this season oh wow so, so then he just doesn't have a chance yeah. to kick he's just kicking he kicked four extra points though this weekend
0: I was gonna say I've got <laughs> I've got Moody as my uh regular kicker, and this is the first week he didn't have a field goal, it was all extra points. Still got me five points though, so yeah, I'll they, take it.
1: They score a lot. But yeah, you, you got me there. I think we're two and two now.
0: Yeah, yeah we each got uh each have two. We'll check in on the injury situation. I don't think anybody got injured uh from any of our teams. But I this saw. is the first week of bye weeks though coming oh. up. So that's something to keep an eye on. Who's on bye? Uh, I think it was like one or two teams. I don't, I don't really know how to look that up. <laughs> NFL bye week for all 32 teams. I, I, I got it, it right here. Week 5. Could not have come at a better time. I get to pick a new defense. The Browns are off. Oh, no. Along with the Chargers, Seahawks, and the Buccaneers. So I need to pick a new quarterback.
1: Oh, wow. That could be
0: good, too. I need to pick a new quarterback, and I need to pick a new defense. Otherwise... Sure, sure. I going not have any of those. I am good, and I'm looking at yours right now. It's Browns, I mean. Chargers, Seahawks, and Bucks, and I don't think you have any of those. Yeah, I kind of... I'm going to I pick... I to get rid of Swift, I'm going to pick the Bears' defense as my new defense. Oh,
1: wow. Bit of a conflict of interest there.
0: What are you talking about? The Bears are just atrocious. Did you not see them give up 18 points in the I last only quarter? I watched
1: the first half. That was pretty good.
0: As for my starting quarterback... Okay,
1: they did have negative two last week. Yeah, they are number thirty-one defense in our league. So <laughs> I, guess
0: that's I think that's a good one. Good pick for me good, then. I guess that's a good one. Um, as for QBs, um, ooh,
1: you gotta pick a start. Oh god, there's so many
0: backups starting right now though. You I won't do that. That's sort options. of that's sort of cheap because eventually they're gonna not be. The, it it's not gonna be like the starter later on though. Like I could do Dobbs. I don't know if you want to do Dobbs. He's been okay, actually. Been yeah, pretty good. Yeah, um, man, who do case I? Case by
1: case basis, I can
0: see. Yeah, I'm on the fence right now. I don't know who else I would like get to to pick up. Don't pick Mac Jones. I won't. <laughs> I won't. I feel if like I, I have to highlight everybody pick, in our. That would be a good pick. In our fantasy league right now, so I can see Ritter maybe. Ritter wouldn't be a Derek bad Carter,
1: one. Kirk Cousin threw a pick six, but he's like also the number one quarterback before this week. Mm-hmm. Tannehill's been terrible, but he's such a good coach
0: that it kinda gets him through. Like do I pick Zach Wilson? Do I really expect him to he was be swinging
1: it, man? Yeah, that was one week. He's yeah. number thirteen on the year. He's got a lot of weapons
0: around him. Uh um... I mean, I mean, what, so what about Tannehill?
1: I... Tannehill's terrible. That would be a good one. Yeah,
0: I'm going to go with Tannehill. Yeah, he's... He, he never does. So my new team uh, with my new selections, Tannehill, now takes over for my quarterback. Oh, man. Because of the bye week. And then the Bears defense takes over for the Browns. I really spoke that one into existence. Yeah, you really <laughs> did.
1: Those are some good pickups, I feel like.
0: Uh, the following week, Packers and Steelers. I'm going to have to drop A-Rob. Oh thank God! I don't. Uh, oh, I'm, ga- I'm gonna God. have to find a new guy. Oh that's yeah. I need that. I need and that then order. and then hopefully, you know who's after who's the next one after that? Oh damn! I was hoping maybe it would be the New England and then I could just switch Juju for A-Rob. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's God. not though. It is not. Uh, yeah. So next Let's week see. Packers and Steelers will will change. I don't think you you've got to change your kicker. Great. Um, and then I'll have to change A-Rob. But yeah. So. That's Fantasy Sandbag. Another week continues. Yep. I'm actually having a lot of fun with this just because yeah. it's sort of like actively rooting against these guys, but like in a fun way, not, yeah. not, not anything malicious. At least
1: Juju can be on a winning team in some sense. In
0: some sense, right? By being just
1: terrible.
0: <laughs> All right. That's, uh, that's that's a bit of our fantasy talk. Um, now we head over to one of our favorite segments. The Nerd Corner. Hell yeah! Last week we talked about uh, how none of these Disney Plus shows oh, actually uh, use the character in in the title. Keep their eye on the ball. Um, still haven't seen any of Ahsoka yet myself. One left tomorrow. One left. So Perfect. Can't wait to binge it next. Watch the whole thing next time I, after I watch Rebels.
1: You ready. Yeah, you gotta watch five seasons of Rebels, seven seasons of Clone Wars. So I'll, I'll get right on that. Please yeah. do.
0: Yeah. Uh, what's what's on the docket for our nerd quarter this week? Uh, I got a couple options. Yeah.
1: Um, ba, 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 ba. So I'll give you three options. You can choose which one you want me to talk about. Okay. Uh, the First one has to do with their this new movie, The Creator, is coming out. Yep. Okay. The AI one. Yeah. Sci-fi movie. Uh, so I've got a bit of a bit of a rant almost on these kind of sci-fi movies coming out. Okay. That's all I'll say. Uh, the other two options are leftovers from last year. The, the last, One Piece. Last week. The One Piece live action, which it is a whole thing, but I am an encyclopedic knowledge for some of that stuff. Uh, so I could talk you through some of that. As well as, what I have is sort of a tough game of the year choice, which I'm now realizing might be, this might be just like the year of games as well. Like, this really? might be the best year for video games of all time. There's, like a, n- there's a
0: new space game coming out for Xbox I'm pretty excited about. that? that? I can't remember what it is right now. It's which, not Starfield, is it? I, is don't, that's out? I don't know. Is it out? It is out. Well, that might be the one that I'm talking about, or thinking about, at least. I'm, the, I'm a sucker for a good space game.
1: So. Yeah, Starfield is the Bethesda Skyrim people making a space game. Yep,
0: that's exactly what it is. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's out. So yeah, do you want to hear September 6th, yeah.
1: sci-fi movies, games, or One Piece live action?
0: Um, I'm actually really interested in the creator. I'd love to hear okay. what you have to say. Because okay. um, you and I briefly had a conversation about this where one person yeah. reviewed it as like one of the more original scripts that's come across lately. But granted like yeah. <laughs> there aren't very many original scripts that yeah. come out anymore. I'm
1: glad that's what the jumping off point for this is. And in a sense, I guess I get what they're saying. Because they're saying this is not a franchise or a thing or a sequel. This isn't a new original idea, but also this is like the least original sci-fi idea of all
0: time. Well, I, think, I think everybody's <laughs> always had the idea of like AI, though. I mean, like iRobot was one of those. Yes.
1: Specifically, though, I guess I mean, based on what I can see from the trailers, this looks to me exactly like it is the, I don't know if uh, this is exactly a term, but it's sort of like the, the lone survivor in the cub kind of storyline where there is some downtrodden, dystopian main character and they have to go on a mission to get this special child or some kind of super child to this location to save the world or whatever. So
0: almost sounds like Children of Men as well. Well, that's one of the
1: movies that it is exactly like. Okay. We <laughs> have a list of these movies <laughs> that it is just all of these movies have the exact same premise and it's, yeah, it's Children of Men with the society that can no longer have kids and him trying to get across that. Get, get the one
0: woman that's pregnant, she has to get uh, yep. spot X. There's obviously Logan, uh, yep. the
1: recent Wolverine movie with him and the young child who is special and he's trying to get them. It's It always ends up kind of being a road trip movie between mm-hmm. these two, and they start off against odds and then they learn to love each other. And at the end, you know, a lot of times the older guy kind of sacrifices himself yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, obviously, yeah, Logan, Children of Men, Mandalorian, Season 1, Grogu. Yeah also pedro pascal last of us same thing Ellie, she's she can save the cure or whatever yeah she's immune, i mean i guess i should say um and they're road tripping across the country to try to save humanity uh i mean terminator 2 like <laughs> <we> <laughs> yeah same yeah same exact thing uh so i just it's interesting that this just keeps being like the default sci-fi narrative and so to, to me it's like i see this creator movie coming out and i'm like it kind of interested. Obviously, the visuals look kind of great because it's Gareth sc- Edwards, the guy who made Godzilla and Rogue One. But it's like as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, we're doing this again, 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 again."
0: I bet you it it comes that way because um, you can add, even though it's the same plot in a sense, you can add all these different elements. Yeah. Because of the world that it is in, where yeah, like I mean,
1: you just keep some of those these, space like, this ones. One, the little girl is. AI. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah.
0: She's is she part human too? Is that what the deal is? Or she's AI but she, she doesn't right? want to be bad or something?
1: Well, what is 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 a computer human? Is it oh. where is a robot become a conscious this is the other sci fi idea that is yeah. exactly original that it is built on. So yeah. it's it's tough for me to get super excited is that like, to go see this movie. I guess it
0: sort say. of sounds like um man, what was that Johnny Depp movie, like Transcendence or something like that, where he puts his mind into the computer and it's yeah, like, Well, is it really like him died or, or
1: something I mean, yeah. This the it idea. Him? Is it the, computer? the idea of robot intelligence increasing in AI and what is human, what is not human—that is like the first original sci-fi idea, and it has yeah. been repeated a thousand times since then. So that, in combination with this kind of lone cub kind of story, I think *The Road*
0: is also like that, which yeah. I haven't really yeah. ever seen. But I've seen *The
1: Road*. Pretty sure that's kind of the same dealio. So I'm a little—I don't know. I'm just. This feels very much like a sort of generic 6 or 7 probably don't need to see but I don't know I just it, it immediately made me kind of look back and see like oh my gosh this is
0: Is there any appealing again, aspect again. to it that would make you go? The thing that's appealing is the visuals.
1: Everything I've heard is that it looks incredible especially for the budget which mm-hmm. is like 80 million dollars which is wow, that's pretty low for very for that type of a movie for I a feel big like a blockbuster with sci-fi and all this stuff and so the, almost the only allure to it is to go and see it in theaters, and then maybe I would have like kind of an all right time. I mean, I like the lead actor, John David Washington, yeah. I think his name yeah. is. The thing that worries me is that this movie is also written by Gareth Edwards, I'm pretty sure, and he very much seems like one of those directors who should not maybe write his movie because he's focused so much on the Michels. Mm-hmm. that if you compare him like Rogue One, which I still have a lot of problems with, but that was written by Tony Gilroy, the the Andor guy, as well as some other people, so he was able to focus on the visuals while other people were able to focus on the story. It seems like that may be more his niche, whereas this is all kind of his original idea and his writing, and I think maybe ended up kind of falling back on some easy cliches so that he could maybe focus on some of the visuals or something. I don't know. So.
0: Well, maybe, I, I mean, has he, do you know if he's written any other movies? I have not seen if he's I written he's anything. he's
1: written, uh, before he got Godzilla, he might have written Godzilla. I don't know, there's not much writing in Godzilla, it's <laughs> possible.
0: Um, I, I only ask because it's just like, it, for him, like, you know him as the visual IDV guy. Work. You know he's the visual guy, and he's just trying to round out his portfolio where... Maybe the writing isn't as crisp this one, but he learns of it. But there's enough that drives the story or the plot that it's not going to deter you too much to where somebody would give him another opportunity.
1: Right. So the other the movie that got him Godzilla, uh, I was I wasn't sure if he wrote, but he did. Is called Monsters, which I'm pretty sure is basically about like a Godzilla situation, but it's just about some people. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't I haven't seen it, but the what I heard of it when he got the Godzilla job was like it does a really good job of depicting the scale of these things versus human size okay but so he wrote that um and it's got some decent ratings and decent scores but then again that is also maybe not a movie that needs to be super overwritten um if it's just kind of that survival story or whatever it might be so yeah i i'm i'm pretty hesitant i don't think i'll see it in theaters which means i probably won't
0: probably won't see it in general i probably won't see it in general
1: but i don't know i've got enough kind of other sci-fi stuff that i can go to like even this new starfield game so i'm not too worried but i don't know i'm glad that it's out there and, and it looks good for its budget and hopefully people see it i'm just a little burnt out on this the ai story or again. the e- even
0: less so that because obviously that I mean, but the getting person from point a to point b
1: it's just I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit good on that and it's just the magic child we got to get them from here to there and it's like all right we're doing this again all right I feel like
0: you're gonna be really disappointed over the next year and a half just because the writer strike just ended and you're probably gonna get it a lot of garbage
1: yeah well I mean with all the stuff all the streaming stuff out there now there's no shortage of garbage that's so true it's Very just true. filtering through it and finding what you like but yeah that's kind of what I had for this week and it's we'll see <laughs> we'll see
0: <laughs> Uh, well I mean that's kind of all we have for this episode do you have anything else you no. want to discuss?
1: No we'll save we'll save the other stuff for the future next I'm, week next week we will do
0: one piece, piece yeah no next <laughs> piece' we'll, or next next week we'll do one piece because that's <laughs> something I have absolutely no idea about uh, I just know that it was an animated show and now it's live action it, yeah, that'll Netflix. be
1: fascinating because it's a, a fascinating world that I've fallen into and I can' can't stop but yeah, that's all I got for this week.
0: All right, that's Ray Bradley. I'm Brian Sleg. Thanks for tuning in. Another episode of Sportslandia brought to you by the Next Professional Athlete Platform. We'll catch you next week. Awesome. Clap.
1: And clap. Oh, boy, how long was that?